1: Hey, everybody, this is Dan Lobby.
0: And this is Mary Kay cap
1: And this is the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It is Friday. We are in Berea and we are both getting ready to head to San Francisco this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess technically not San Francisco, but whatever. We're not going to get into the details where the stadium is, Santa Clara. Um, and we have the Browns and 49ers on Monday night. So, uh, here on this edition of the podcast, we're going to answer questions that came in through um, our Football Insider Service, which is where, uh, of course, Mary Kay will text things out and, and people can respond and, and send questions in like that. We also have a newsletter that we send out every day that has some exclusive content we don't put anywhere else um, on the site. So uh, we're, we're going to try and incorporate more and more questions from that into these podcasts as we go along. And then, you know, very shortly, this podcast is probably going to sound a little bit different mm-hmm. too um, as, as we try and bring it to you a little more regularly, uh, kind of clean up our sound and things like that. So expect some of that. Uh, coming down the road as well. And as we go through that, feel free to send us any suggestions, things you want to hear on this podcast. Leave it in the reviews. Um, I don't know if I want to read it if you leave us a bad review, so maybe put four or five stars on it while you're at it. Uh, but but let us know what you guys might want to hear on this podcast as we uh, as we move forward. Okay, Mary Kay, let's get right to it. Let's, let's talk about the Browns and 49ers, and there's some other bigger picture things that some folks send in. Um, but let's just start with kind of the battle that people are going to be watching, and that's... Uh, the San Francisco 49ers defensive line, going against the Browns offensive line, and we know the 49ers are very good at batting passes. Um, Baker Mayfield is usually pretty good at avoiding it, but every now and again you'll see one get batted down for whatever reason, so is is this going to be an issue? Uh, I think Michael Lombardi actually brought it up, our our project texter told us. Uh, Is this going to be an issue in Monday night's game?
0: Well, it could be if they can somehow try to keep Baker in the pocket, and then there's two guys that are six foot seven on their defensive line and if they can get their hands up and if they hem Baker in like that it could be hard for him to see over guys that are six foot seven uh, and to find those passing lanes so I do think that's something that he has to be careful of and it's something that the offensive line is going to be a little bit leery of and I know that uh, the 49ers are going to be out uh, specifically to try to get their hands on some of these Baker's passes.
1: Yeah, well, you know, one of the nice things about Mayfield is you know, this is a guy that has been through this his mm-hmm. whole life, right? I right. mean, this isn't a guy that was like six seven on his junior high basketball team playing center and now he's got to play like shooting guard or something mm-hmm. in the NBA. This is a guy that knows how to deal with um, bigger defensive linemen, guys getting their arms up and, and batting passes. And The other thing is he goes against a defensive line a lot mm-hmm. that is, has a lot of length. I mean, Miles Garrett has long arms. Sheldon Richardson is a guy that can bat down passes, and I think we saw in camp a little bit, uh, especially early. Those guys were getting their hands on footballs. Um, so, so this is something that he practices against a little bit too.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, that was one of the really good things that I think Freddie did throughout training camp was work the ones against the ones. And I never understood in other years why more coaches don't do that. Yeah, where you put the Browns' first-team offensive line against that first-team defensive line. I mean, iron sharpens iron. You're not going to get good unless you're going up against the best, and you're right. Baker Mayfield has had the opportunity to try to get the ball out of his hands quickly and in the right places against one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. That will serve him well for this weekend.
1: And the you know you mentioned that, and, and you talked about this during training camp. So often it was you know a coach or, or someone trying to kind of game the system with a quarterback competition mm-hmm. or make one quarterback look good against a second team mm-hmm. defense. Uh, there was a lot of that going on. So it kind of speaks to having a little stability at the position. Kind of helps you long term because you've got to send Baker against the first team defense, and you've got to have this first team offensive line kind of work on their technique and learn how to make sure that guys can't get their arms up and and they can create throwing line throwing lanes for Baker Mayfield. Um, And and that's going to be a fun little matchup to watch, I think, because this, this Browns line has been a little, I think it's been a little overstated uh, about how bad they've been. I I think a lot of it had to do with Baker not being really comfortable back there. Um, But they looked a lot better on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Baker looked better. The line looked better and now we get to see how real that was on Monday night.
0: Yeah, and but I do think that this particular line with five first-rounders on it, this defensive front, which also includes some really good linebackers, yeah. is going to test Baker Mayfield and this offensive line and just the whole protection scheme much more than the Ravens did. I didn't feel like the Ravens offered anyone that inspired fear in, in anybody on the Browns' offensive line or Baker or anything. I mean, they just really didn't, you know, it was, there was no Aaron Donald, not that there is usually an Aaron Donald from week (laughs) to week, but there just wasn't anybody like that, that you had to worry about. I mean, Brandon Williams was out. Uh, I I don't know. They're just not the Ravens of old. And and that's not to take away. It was a great victory. Mm -hmm. I just think that they are going to be tested more by this defensive front, which Freddie calls... The best defensive front that they have faced to date, and I think that's kind of saying a lot.
1: That is saying a lot because Mm -hmm. I mean they've played Aaron Donald and Dante Fowler Mm -hmm. and and that Rams defensive front. So you know it's saying a lot to call them uh, to call them that, Uh, and it probably also makes Baker very happy that he's not playing in the NFC West. Yeah, (laughs) he has to face those fronts all the time. Uh, So let's stay on this game and let's talk about. The other guy on the sideline, not Freddie Kitchens. Let's talk about Kyle Shanahan. Mm-hmm. Browns fans will remember him from 2014. He was the offensive coordinator. Uh, really put together a great offense around Brian Hoyer. Uh, helped the Browns get to seven and four. Uh, and, and you know, Joe said multiple times he thought for sure that team was going to the playoffs, and, and mm-hmm. that winning was easy in the NFL. And obviously, they didn't go to the playoffs, and so winning hasn't been easy. Uh, Kyle very famously left uh, after 2014. There was the texting scandal mm-hmm. that, of course, you broke. Mm-hmm. Is this a grudge match? That, that's the question that the uh, the texter had. Is this a grudge, a grudge game for Kyle Shanahan?
0: Well, a lot of time has passed since 2014, and Kyle Shanahan has had a lot of success since then, and things have worked out very nicely for him. I asked him yesterday on the conference call uh, if it was a stressful time for him to kind of force his exit out of Cleveland, and he admitted that it was. I mean, he had to go through a lot to get to that point where he could get let out of his contract. And and it was. It was stressful on his family. You know, he came here thinking that uh, that this would be an opportunity for him to be a really good offensive coordinator, and then who knows what happens from there. Uh, But he didn't want to go through the same kind of thing that he went through in Washington where it was very dysfunctional and your career just kind of gets stuck in the mud. So he got himself out of here, and he went to Atlanta, became the offensive coordinator there, and had tremendous success, helped that team go to the Super Bowl, now he is in San Francisco in his third year. And when Jimmy Garoppolo is his quarterback, he's having a lot of success. He's 11-2 and two with Jimmy G as his quarterback. Uh, and again, they have a good defense. And so Kyle is doing a very, very nice job out there. He's a good, sound, fundamental coach. And um, I do think this is a little bit of a grudge match for him, even though time has passed. I don't care what anybody says. When you have a history with a team that you're playing, when the exit was sort of unceremonious and maybe not completely, uh, you know, compatible, I think that you know there is a little something extra, and I think Kyle will take great satisfaction if he can beat the Browns. Well, and he wants
1: to show the Haslam's, who of course, you know, there's not a lot left from that 2014 mm-hmm. team, but the owners are still the owners, and he wants to show them, right. Hey, look what you had, you know, look look what you let walk away, and of course, it has worked out for him, um, going to the Super Bowl. You know nearly winning the Super Bowl, um, and then getting that job in San Francisco and, and building his offense out there the way he wants to do it around Jimmy Garoppolo, um, and he even did a, a nice job last year when Garoppolo was out of, of kind of you know, not not they had a great record, but that offense looked competent. So this is a guy that, uh, you know, he runs that that same system that his dad mm-hmm. ran running running the football. Uh, that's what they're going to do. They're going to run over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Um, and and. It'll be interesting to see. I don't know if Kyle's ever really fired up publicly, um, mm. but it'll be interesting to see if he's got a little extra edge to him on, on Monday night. Yeah,
0: I, I think this is a special one for him because uh, they really haven't had a game of this magnitude yet. It's on Monday Night Football yeah. as well. So he's got a lot to prove on Monday night, Monday night Football. He's coming in here with an undefeated team. They're 3-0. and You don't want to lose on Monday Night Football in your home stadium when you are undefeated, to the team that you had to force your exit from.
1: Okay, let's talk about his quarterback, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, of course, when when he was uh, when he was available in a trade. Um, you know, you were certainly pushing for the browns to inquire about that and mm-hmm. to maybe bring him in after he had that little mini run with new england um, i remember i did a whole post like looking at his film from mm-hmm. those games and, and yep. he, he looked really good it ultimately ended up being the 49ers that brought him in they signed him to that big contract extension uh th- this is a big year for him because that contract was very front-loaded he's coming off acl surgery uh and the Browns ultimately ended up with Baker Mayfield. They went 0-16. They picked number one. Uh, they picked Baker Mayfield. And the the texter wanted to know... Right now, would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield? And I guess we don't even have to just limit it to right now, just long-term. Which, which guy would you rather have? Yeah,
0: you know, that is such a tough question right now because if you just look at the records, uh, Jimmy G, once again, is 11-2 and two as a starter. That's spectacular, of course. Uh, and Baker Mayfield right now is 8-9 and nine as a starter. And, you know, so from a win percentage standpoint, Jimmy's got the edge on him. But obviously... Uh, it is, you know, what is their potential going forward? I actually think these two, two guys can meet in the Super Bowl at some point. That would be fun. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if that happens. Although, you know, I, I, every time I look at Baker's career, I think, oh, gosh, what's, what if this is one of those careers where he's just up against Patrick Mahomes all the <laughs> time and it's going to be so hard for, uh, you know, for the Browns to get past Patrick. You know, it's it's just sometimes careers work out that way. Um, but... You know, it, it could happen where Jimmy G and Baker meet in multiple Super Bowls. I hope for Browns fans that happens. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, I don't think we really know yet which of these two guys is going to have the more successful career. Because I think it takes almost two full seasons before you can kind of really gauge the value and the worth of a quarterback. And those guys just aren't there yet. They have not started Neither of them have started, you know, a season and a half yet. Yeah. Uh, Baker just finished his first full season, and and Jimmy is not there yet. So, um, so yeah, I think that uh, I think they're both really good, and it could be it turn out to be a win win for both of them. Uh, but I, I I can't say yet. I would much rather have one over the other.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I to me, I would take Baker. Uh, I just think that you're looking at the upside of both guys. And, and you know, I really like Jimmy Garoppolo and I think he can still become a good quarterback, but he's older. Uh, obviously hasn't played a lot, uh, but this is a guy that I, I feel like we kind of know what he is a little bit. He's a guy that can make throws. Obviously he's won a bunch of games. Um, and maybe I shouldn't say a bunch of games, but he's won a, a lot more than he's lost. And to me, I still look at Baker and I just see, there's still so much upside with mm-hmm. Baker. Right. Um, you know, he, we still don't fully know what he's going to be at this level, if he's going to become, you know, a, a version of Drew Brees mm-hmm. or, you know, a version of, you know, I don't know. We, we don't know exactly what his ceiling is going to be, but I still look at the upside with him, the way he throws the ball. Right. And when he's really got it going, it's it's really impressive to watch. So I, I still, I've got to bank on Baker's upside and, you we need to see it consistently against good defenses. This is a week where he can go out and prove it on a Monday night stage. You know he's going to be going against Seattle. You know in a little bit, where we have a question coming up where we get to play the schedule game a little bit. But mm-hmm. there's some games coming up where Baker can really leave his stamp on those games right. and say, "Hey, I belong in that discussion as one of the top quarterbacks because I went up against you know the best in the NFL, Seattle, New England, mm-hmm. and I gave this team a chance to win those football games." And, and so this is a really interesting stretch for him. I'm going to bet on Baker's upside in, in, in this in this case over Jimmy Garoppolo.
0: Yeah, you know, I actually think that Drew Brees is a pretty good comp for him.
1: You see a little bit of that in him, and, yeah. and I hate to I hate to just flippantly throw that out there because Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer, right. first ballot, no doubt. Um, you know, and it takes a while. I don't know if Baker's going to be that great, but he's got that. You see that Drew yes. Brees in him.
0: He does have that potential, and when you go from a a size standpoint. An athleticism standpoint, uh, a field vision, an accuracy, a playmaking standpoint, uh, I think that's a, a pretty good comp for him. I mean, you know, some people want to compare him to Russell Wilson because of the size and things like that, but I yeah. think Russell is more of a runner. He's more athletic. He's faster and things like that. Um, so I think Drew Brees is a great comp for him. And if he can have the kind of career that Drew Brees has had, boy, uh, that would be tremendous for Browns fans. So f- for all the fans out there, Let's hope that it turns out that way. I
1: mean, if he can have 70% or 75% of that career, that would be incredible for Browns fans for sure. Uh, But, again, he's got to prove it. You've you've said it before, and and it's true. He has to prove it against great defenses and great teams, and he's got to go out and beat those teams. Yes, We're going to get a chance to see that here in the next few weeks, which is is exciting. So let's get to that. Um, One of the questions sent in was about, the schedule and where the Browns could be after the mm-hmm. first half. So the remaining games here: uh, San Francisco mm-hmm. on the road on Monday night, uh, home for Seattle at New England, and then at Denver. Uh, New England and Denver, four twenty-five games. Um, if the Browns are sitting four and four at the end of eight games, uh, is is that a good spot for them to be? It feels like, you know, I, I think two and two at the end of September and tied for first place in the AFC North, and actually not. They have the tiebreaker, so in first place in the AFC North. Right. You survive September, that's fine. I think if you're sitting at 4-4, four and or four, right, you can even make the case 3-5 and five, after eight games, you can still do some things this season.
0: Yes, absolutely 100%. Every single time I look at the second half of the season, I just almost can't find a <laughs> loss. And I know that sounds insane. I told you uh, after they beat the the Baltimore Ravens that I see them going six and zero in the division this season, and you know I'm, I'm saying that based on the fact that you know Ben Roethlisberger's not there, and they're going to be playing Mason Rudolph twice, and you know I, the the Ravens if they can beat him on the road, I think they can beat him at home. I think the the energy in the stadium that night on December 22nd is going to be electric, and and I think they're going to beat him at home. Uh, so when I look and I see the Dolphins, and I see two Steelers games, and I see two Bengals games, and a Ravens game, and a Cardinals game in the second half of the season, I I, I think they can go on an incredible, incredible run. And, you know, actually, uh, you know, it starts with the Bills. You know, that that's the toughest of the games. Yeah, that
1: might be the... T- I was going to say that. That might be the toughest game on that second part of the schedule, you know, unless... Mason Rudolph and the Steelers really start to pick it up. Right. You know, they beat the Bengals, but I think a lot of people are going to beat the Bengals. Right. Um, So, you know, unless the Steelers really start getting it going, I think it might be that Bills game and that second Ravens game are the two toughest.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I mean, even when you look right the week before the the Bills, um, going out to Denver and playing the Broncos, at one point, uh, you know, I thought that, after everything that they had been through, and second game on the road and all of that, after playing in New England, that that was going to be a a tough victory for them. But now Bradley Chubb is out for the season, and I think that really hurts Denver. So, you know, I I look at the last eight, nine games of the season, and I see a lot, a lot, a lot of victories for this Browns team, especially because they're getting people back now. They're getting Antonio Callaway back. They're going to have Kareem Hunt back. Uh, they might even get David Njoku back in the second half of the season, so I think they're going to hit their stride at the same time that the schedule gets really easy. I think they're going to pile up a lot of wins. I think they're going to win the AFC North, and and I think that they are going to uh, treat their fans to a nice little playoff run.
1: Yeah, and I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the Ravens schedule, and obviously there's going to be similarities between the two, but they they have to play the Patriots too. Uh, They've got the Texans, which is not an an easy game. Yeah. Um, You know, so they've got some games on their schedule that are tough, and and they still have the toughest part of their schedule ahead of them, really, because they've already played the Cardinals and and the Dolphins. So it's right there for the Browns if they want it. If they can just survive, it's always been about that survive this first half. Yeah. Road heavy. Um, You know, you've got to, uh, you've got a chance in the second half.
0: Yeah, and that's why the victory over the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore was so vitally important because not only does it give you the two and two record and you evened the score between the two teams, uh, but to go one and three at this point, that that would have, uh, that would have been a disaster to finish the first quarter at one and three. I think it just calls into question. Uh, it makes you second guess yourself and how everything's going and how you're do every, doing everything. And they would have had that mark heading into this kind of grueling stretch of san francisco seattle new england denver on the road so uh i think they're in good shape right now
1: yeah this stretch here for the ravens in november they've got the patriots uh they've got the texans the rams the 49ers and the bills oh yeah Uh, you know there's there's a few of those teams that may not be as good as we think but i don't don't know that's a really difficult stretch of games right there it really uh okay uh our last question from our texter had to do with antonio calloway Basically asking if he looks like he's in shape. It's hard for us to really say that because we don't get to watch practice anymore. We get to watch the individual portions of practice. But this kind of leads us into the discussion of Antonio Callaway's back. Mm -hmm. And he'll be back Monday night. His four-game suspension is over. His high ankle sprain is healed. Um... He's going to be back out there, and, and that's obviously great news for this offense.
0: Yeah, and you know, just being out there today and watching those individual drills, they finally have their full complement of receivers out there. To look out there and see what you thought you were going to have at the beginning of the season in Odell and Jarvis, Antonio, Richard, I mean, they're all out there now. And it is going to be pick your poison. It really is. and And they're going to hit their stride at the same time um, when all these guys are starting to come back, so I think Antonio Callaway. I think they've missed him. I think it hurt them uh, that he had to be suspended for those first four games. I think it was a huge disappointment. He said today he let the team down, and and you know, and he did. Although I've been told it was marijuana smoking, and I, for one, am just getting really sick of guys getting suspended and having their careers ruined for smoking marijuana. I mean, it's time to end this. It's ridiculous. It's time for them to stop being treated like criminals for that and to have their careers threatened because of smoking some weed. So let's it's, get that over with.
1: It's a really stupid thing it to is. get suspended over. I, I mean, I, it's it's really dumb that the league is still so strict about that one thing. And, and I do wonder if it's something that will come up in the CBA it has to. The problem is, you start getting into uh, the give and take of CBA negotiations, right. and you know the owners want this, so we'll give you this, and I do feel like it's something the owners might kind of hold over the players a little bit, like, yeah, yeah we're willing to kind of loosen that up, but you've got to give us 17 games, or 18 games, or, or whatever it is they're going to want, ultimately. Yeah. But, I, you know, it's time for the league to just stop, stop pretending with this stuff, and... I mean, it's it's marijuana. Yeah, especially <laughs> you know? with
0: opiate addiction and all the all these things that these guys have to go through for pain management. Yeah, I mean, it would you be know? a
1: great way to open that door.
0: Yes, so forget about it. So anyways, basically that is what Antonio Callaway did from my understanding what I've been told. He do, does feel like he let the team down and he did from the perspective of the fact that he got suspended. So um, you know, he's back. And again, he can take the top off of a defense, and Baker has enough timing with him and enough trust in him that he will go deep to him. And um, and if, if Antonio's on point, I think that, you know, I think that they can really hit some big plays against the 49ers.
1: All right, uh, we made predictions uh, on a video on the site. Um, I predicted that the 49ers were going to win this game 21-17. I honestly don't know why. I wish I could offer more analysis than that, but I just honestly, for some reason, it's just... I have felt like the 49ers were going to win this game, so I'm going to pull a Butch Davis here. I'm going to go with my gut. I think the 49ers win, but, again, it's one of those things where it wouldn't shock me at all if the Browns went and won this game, and you could make the case the Browns are a better football team.
0: Yeah, I mean, man for man, that you know they might have more talent. I think they do on offense at the skill positions, uh, and obviously they've gotten it going with Nick Chubb, and I think Odell's going to want to have a big game under the lights. I think they're going to be fired up. Um I am going with the Browns to win this game 24-17 because I think, again, that the 49ers haven't run up against a team as talented as the Browns yet this season and a defense as good as the Browns. And I think that uh, that they're going to give Jimmy Garoppolo a run for his money, that he's going to have to get the ball out very quickly. Uh, I think that uh, Miles Garrett is going to be going up against a rookie left tackle making the second start yeah. of his career. And he's going to need a lot of help. I mean, that young man is going to need a lot of help to try to hold off Miles Garrett. And I think it's going to be a, it could be a long afternoon for them uh, based on even just that one matchup.
1: All right, Browns of 49ers on Monday Night football. Uh, that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and or Brown Talk. Podcast. Thanks everyone for subscribing to uh, Football Insider and sending in those questions. Thanks to all of you for listening.